We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So the Ravens ramp things up for their first official padded practice of training camp. And Sarah, yet again, the defensive line had another dominant day. Yeah, they did. But Bobby, despite constant pressure, the passing game had perhaps its best day of the summer with a circus catch from Odell Beckham Jr. And then a contested touchdown catch by who else? Nelson Aguilar, the name that we keep hearing. Well, we got the highlights. I'm Bobby Trossett alongside my co-host, Sarah Ellison. It is Tuesday, August 1st, preseason football right around the corner. And as always, this is your morning Ravens update from inside the vault. All right, so Lamar Jackson made one little guy's day at training camp with his reaction going viral. And that's on top of Lamar saying that he hopes to see his jersey and number hanging from the rafters one day at M&T Bank Stadium. Mm, talking big legacy. Plus, we've got some injury updates coming out of one winning drive, including the new guy, Melvin Gordon, may actually have outed accidentally his new teammate in J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, we have all of that and more coming up. Thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. All right, so Bobby, this is it. This is what we've kind of been working towards. It was the first padded practice of Ravens training camp, and that just means things just get a little bit more intense. And you know the defense loves it because they get to start hitting people. And it's interesting. We're going to get into it. The dominant, The dominance came again from the defensive line. But despite that, many in attendance reported that it was still the best day yet for the passing game. Adjectives are out there saying that it was a crisp passing game. Very, It had a lot of precision. So that's good news. It's good news that despite pressure, that part of the, the offense could keep moving. And Bobby, where else should we start but with Odell Beckham Jr., the Ravens' Twitter account, their social media put out what is honestly an amazing catch.
course, Marlon responding accordingly with a quote tweet of the PFF grab of this video. And, and he just goes, ugh, LOL. Right? I mean, that's, that's how it goes sometimes, right? You get one little bounce the wrong way. And or in, in OBJ's case, it was the right way. Nothing Marlon could really do there. Well, and for the audio only listeners, let me just describe this play. So it's Lamar Jackson throwing it up to Odell. And honestly, Marlon Humphrey is in perfect position. I am loving this daily battle between Marlon and OBJ. These are two Pro Bowl players at their positions, all pros even. Marlon's right there, and he jumps in there to, uh, to I mean, he may have been able to get an interception. This reminds me to when Lamar said that OBJ came to him and when they were down in Florida and said, hey, if you just throw it in my vicinity, I got you because if I'm not going to catch it, I'm at least going to play defense. So in this, it was Marlon actually had the better position, but then OBJ is able to stick his arm in, tip it up, and then has enough concentration to still pull it in. That is exactly what you brought him in here to do. Oh, without question, you know, kind of gathering some of the thoughts that were put out on Twitter from beat reporters like Cordell Woodland and, and Jeff Zarebeck. Marlon had a good day overall. And to what to your mm -hmm. point, like the the competitive aspect, it ha he's been very, very competitive. And you got to think that a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. is only going to boost his already daily annual rise to the occasion this time of year. And and he also, as as Jeff and Cordell noted, Marlon had some nice coverage versus Zay Flowers on a deep ball from Lamar. And Ryan Mink is quoted for tweeting back to OBJ uh, that he nearly made a spectacular diving deep catch down the sideline, but the ball seemed to pop out when he hit the turf. What was encouraging to see was how Beckham had an extra gear at the top of his route to accelerate and nearly make the play on the slight overthrow, end quote. And of course, that's relevant because he's coming back from the torn ACL two Super Bowls ago. He's been out of the league for a year, as we know. But moral of the story here, iron sharpens iron. And these two going back and forth all summer long is, is I'm, I'm sure, something that we will be revisiting. Well, what's also nice is that in addition to the on-field stuff, I'm not sure... There's anybody in the entire NFL, maybe maybe DeMar Hamlin up in Buffalo, right? Because he's returning. He got to his first padded practice. But these two guys may be competing for who is just the happiest and like the most grateful to be at an NFL training camp because every single day there's some sort of video like this one where OBJ is just having fun. Uh, I, and so there's, there's no sound to this. So I'll just, I'll just explain it. But what is he doing there, Bobby? It looks like he's like throwing the ball out, fished it back in. Did he like, was that a fishing rod? And somebody <laughs> threw it back. And then like he poses with the ball up. It looked like maybe he was taking a picture of himself. Like, I don't know what these moves are. Um, but he just is constantly having fun out there dancing and, and like, it, you know, he went to go through it with one hand, put it in the other hand, threw it with another. I mean, he just is out there always bringing joy to, to the Ravens warmups. And then on top of it, as we know, he's totally becoming friends with everybody in the, the locker room already. In fact, I mean, I talked with Q while you on your last day out, Bobby, I talked with Q about how, um, 
Lamar had been to the Drake concert because Drake ca- called them called them out and was like, "This is my quarterback." Well, Ob Dre was the one driving him and Snoop and Prochet and all the guys down there. Okay, that dashboard is so <laughs> yeah. music. The vibes in there, the sound. OBJ's driving shirtless. The guys are going down. It's summer. It's late July, or you know, now it's August first, but it was late July over the weekend. It's hot. You're with the boys. You're going to the Drake concert in D.C. Right? Like Lamar's coming out on stage. These guys are having a lot of fun together, and it's cool to see. And I'm actually kind of surprised. I wonder why Odell didn't come out on the stage. Like, did he just chauffeur them for the night, or did? Drake only want Lamar because he's QB one. I got to wonder, but uh, it looked like it was a blast. I had a lot of friends that were in town for that concert. I used to live in DC prior to coming back to Baltimore uh, and capital one arena was buzzing. (laughs) That's great. That's great. Yeah. I I mean, it's just good vibes at at the Ravens training camp for sure. Um, One other, one other highlight of the day as we're talking about top flip uh, top plays is from Nelson Aguilar and uh, we keep hearing his name. I mean, we heard it all throughout minicamp and OTAs. I, I didn't want to overblow it. I still don't, but I didn't want to overblow it because, um, you know, OBJ wasn't there. Flowers, I think, missed a day here or there. Br- Rashad Bateman isn't out there, and Bateman still isn't out there. But that's continued. His, his good play from over those activities has continued into training camp. And on Monday... Nelson Aguilar had his second touchdown of training camp. This was not an easy one with um, Brennan Stevens, just to give you the situation before we watch it. Um, This is a red zone. They're doing red zone drills. It's third and two, I believe, based off of reports that we've seen from several people. And Lamar is throwing it from the 11. So we all know, we've talked about it. Ravens have to pick it up in the red zone. And uh, plays like this from Nelson Aguilar will certainly help. Go get it, big fella. That'll get your coach talking about you like this with the media. I mean, it's, it's really the same thing we have been talking about already, Garrett. I mean, he's a, he's a pro. You know, Nelson knows how to play. He's a big, rangy receiver, like you saw there, and we made that catch. Uh, he runs routes really well. He's a, he's a hard worker. He knows what he's doing, and uh, I'm sure glad we have him. I mean, what else are you going to say this time, right? It's, the pads just came on. It's early. He's this year's Sammy Watkins or. Des Bryant or Seth Roberts or Deshaun Jackson, all these guys. No, 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 don't, no, 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 no. Don't put him in Des Bryant. Don't put him in, in, in Des Bryant's category or, or Jackson. Those guys were like way over the hill. He wasn't, those guys weren't a full season like Watkins was. And who am I forgetting aside from, from Seth? And I also wouldn't put him in Robinson's category. I mean, Robinson played well for the Ravens, but, um, you wouldn't put him in Demarcus's category. No, what 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 was what was Demarcus? I mean, again, um, Nelson Aguilar is coming in with with some definitely underwhelming seasons the last couple of seasons, but he has more on his resume for sure, for sure, and he's a former first rounder. So I think Sammy Watkins 
could be more. I, I could see that that kind of comparison. But where what's different is Sammy was consistently hurt, whereas Nelson Aguilar has had a much better health track record. That doesn't mean he's been 100%, but he's had a much better health track record. The other thing where I think he's different is all the guys that you just named. I, I mean, again, I'm not putting him in the category of, of Des Bryant or, or Jackson, but all those guys, you brought him in to be like the number two. And De- Robinson ends up being the number one. Here's why Here's why I like Nelson Aguilar. You know, you're like nervous when they first signed him because it was before OBJ and it was before Zay Flowers. But like if Rashad Bateman's healthy, or even if he's not, Nelson Aguilar's number three or number four. And so if you can get somebody who, you know, he doesn't need to be number one, I just, I, th- I, th- and I, I've, I put on Twitter today that I think that people are underestimating the contributions he can have. And again, I'm not saying he's the top dog or he's going to get a thousand yards or anything like that, but I think he'll be a dif- difference maker in maybe one, two, maybe three games with the way he can play in the red zone like that. Um, so I think he's going to contribute a lot more than the guys you just named, except for maybe Sammy Watkins, but I think he'll be more healthy than him. I think people are underestimating him and he's being under the radar and, you know, that might just be fine because I, I could see like a three, four hundred yard season with three or four touchdowns this season. It's going to be hard to compare to those guys in the past because of him hopefully seeing the fruits of the labor of the revamped wide receiver room. Whereas those guys, I mean, they were on an island in terms of spreading yeah. the ball around and, and not having a ton of talent around them. But hope you're, I hope you're right. I hope he's able to, <laughs> to have somewhat of a resurgence, if you will, with Baltimore. Let's shift gears to the defensive line, which dominated the first day of pads. Jeff Sarebek on record for saying that uh, the defensive line remained the strongest position group. Justin Matabike had two sacks and could have had a third if the play hadn't uh, been blown dead prior to his arrival. Bo Smoka from Press Box, quote, at one point, a play was blown dead and it looked as if David Ajabo officially got the sack. But Justin Matabike and Adafe Owe had stormed into the backfield as well. The Ravens are very high on their defensive front. And thus far, that optimism looks warranted. Here's defensive line coach Anthony Weaver with more, especially now that Calais Campbell is gone. Veteran leadership, five and a half sacks last year. A lot of stuff between the lines that doesn't come up in the score sheet. There is going to be a void that needs to be filled. I think we have a veteran-led group, right? Probably starts with like Mike Pierce. Brent Urban, but the guys who are going in their fourth years, Broderick Washington, Justin Matabike, they're hungry, they're chomping at their bit. They want to, you know, we obviously miss Clayus, we love them, but they want to show that they can not only pick up the slack, but do more. So I'm excited about where the, where the group's headed. Love their work ethic, just love their attention to detail. Think it's going to be a fun year. And so Jeff gets the question on Twitter, as you'd imagine, right? Because of the domination. Is it starting? To, is it too early to get worried about potentially the offensive line holding up? Uh, he says they need to solve left guard, but no, it's too early to be worried. You agree? Yeah, no, I agree with Jeff. Um, so I had again to cue on in in yesterday's episode. He was adamant that it was that you should not be worried about the offensive line. I mean, he was very particular about um, Linderbaum. Uh, he talks about the advantage that the defensive line has prior to having pads. Now, this time there were pads on, um, so and it still sounds like it was like they were getting through. So it's always hard in training camp. It's like 
should you be excited about the defensive line or should you worried about the 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 offensive line? I am not worried about Linderbaum. I've seen what he can do. You know you feel good about Stanley. I agree with Jeff. You need to solve the left guard. Um, uh, again, they just keep giving the first team reps to to Big Sala, and he got it with the first first day with the uh, the pads on. It seems to me that based off of what we're kind of hearing and what I had seen in the in the stadium practice, it was like, all right, well, we there's still some growing pains for the rookie to do uh, to go through. Um, but at the same time, it's hard to know, is this defensive line just that much better? Um, I don't know the answer to that. I know Justin Matabike, we've been, people have been predicting a massive breakout year for him forever. Broderick Washington is, as Anthony Weaver said, probably the hardest working guy out there. He's, he's definitely underrated. Odafe, um, Owe, maybe he's coming into his own and everybody keeps talking about David Ajabo that maybe he's like the, you know, the most like impressive guy out there. So it's we're only going to find out if it's really that this defensive line is truly dominant because it does say something, Bobby, that the Ravens are not making big veteran signings, right? That, you know, they just haven't done that yet along the defensive line. So there's clearly a lot of optimism warranted just by how often they're getting through, but also them not signing. So we just need to figure out who, who Big Sala is, and there's time to do that. And as far as potential acquisitions, not a whole lot of movement over the weekend in terms of buzz online within the reporting realm of things related to Kyle Van Noy and or Justin Houston. So a couple things to monitor as training camp starts to take place here. A lot of folks went out to training camp over the first few days, including the stadium practice for the guy that we weren't sure. A lot of us prayed and, and hoped and, and wondered about Lamar Jackson's future, but there was after the you know after the season there was questions about whether or not he'd be back. Judging by the fan reaction, especially some of the youth that attended a few of the practices, they're awfully happy that their guy is back in Baltimore. And if this video doesn't state that and back that up, I don't know what will. So again, for our audio only folks, he comes down the tunnel outside of the, you know, the under, Ravens Under Armour Performance Center to this small little column, right, where where they run down onto the field. There's people lining on on each side of it. Maybe some of you have already seen this because it went viral. But these kids that they cut to Sarah at the end there outside the rope looked like they had just seen the Pope. I mean, <laughs> That's the effect he's got. And now, now, and you've tweeted about this. I've seen a bunch of other tweets too from the stadium practice. Like now you have almost like the equivalent, if not more because of his insane following star power in OBJ. So it's always, it's almost like you know, this, this embarrassment of riches you know, uh, for, for sheer superpower types of um, uh, talent and celebrity feel for these guys. So it's, from a ticket sale standpoint, I can't wait to see what the bank's like this this fall. That little guy, like the way he like stared at his own hand and like his eyes are like wide eyed. The whites of his eyes are just like everywhere. And he's just like, you know, that kid's not going to wash his hand for a week. Um, I mean, just just off the chart. So 
Uh, it's so nice. It's so nice that they open up those those practices so those kids can can be a part of it. Now, I wanted to get to this uh, in the episode with Q because we did the whole review of the stadium practice, but we were just running long, so I didn't get to it. But with LJ, you you kind of referred to it about just the it just felt like the longest off season with his contract, and um, uh, Rocco DeSangro was like grinding out there at the stadium practice. He did an interview with with LJ and this this quote really stood out about how he really never wanted to go anywhere. Okay, and then on top of it, not only did did he not want to go anywhere, but he's got his sights much higher than that. I love the city, man. Um, I didn't want to go nowhere else. You know, Um, I'm glad we got the situation worked out. Um, I just love playing this atmosphere, man. Uh, Ever since I've been watching, you know, every Ray Lewis, those guys since I was a kid. I want to be have my name hung up down the Raptors, have my jersey hung up down the Raptors, retire Hall of Fame, a Super Bowl winner here. Um, I just love it. I love everything about it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hmm. Big aspirations there. And now it's like, it's crazy, like, from the jump, right, since he came here, obviously since the night he was drafted, it was Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. And I think we both like agree. I remember talking about this at one point, maybe last year, that there was a almost like a change in, in dynamic because of how trying last year was. And he got away from, and maybe it was PR, who knows, giving him you know, tips or stuff to kind of maybe not stop talking about the Super Bowl because that's what drives these guys. That's what, what they're chasing for. That's what they do this for. But if you keep talking about it, sometimes it almost like adds this unnecessary level of pressure. Anyway, where I'm going with that is Lamar's going into year six. Legacy has been cemented in, in a number of ways, obviously. He's broken uh, so many records, both franchise and, and, and nationally, you know, in terms of the league all time. Like the fact that, that we're not talking legacy for him is crazy because he's going to be here for the next five years. So like a lot of the things that that he just mentioned there are all within sight, if not already potentially secured, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. I definitely think he's making it into the ring, the ring of honor eventually, but uh, yeah, it's, it's like one game at a, at a time, one, one season at a time, all that, that kind of stuff. And, and speaking of, of Lamar, remember, and this is not shocking at all. He revealed over the weekend that he turned down uh, Netflix when they invited him to be on quarterback, which by the way, Bobby, I finally finished the season. I was a little bit behind you. Absolutely phenomenal show. Yeah. Uh, so Lamar turns him down. Not surprising at all. Lamar's extremely uh, private 
Well, turns out who said yes? The AFC North rival Bengals quarterback, Joe Burrow. He's going to appear on season two. That is according to Peter King. Um, so, uh, I, you know, it's going to be nice to get inside the Bengals a little bit, but something tells me that it could be even more obnoxious. I mean, it just depends on how their season goes. Uh, but the Bengals have been nothing but obnoxious. So this is going to be interesting to say the least. I'll be quick on it. You and I were both very impressed with the access granted by these players to, to the doc series. It's incredibly insightful. It's, uh, it's, it's informative. It's compelling. It's dramatic, right? I mean, the first series you go from a guy in Marcus Mariota's case from starting to essentially leaving the team. In Kirk's case, you go through rib injuries and a, a brutal offensive line to have, but having the really the career, I should say the season of his career and Minnesota went on a tear just for an early exit, right? And then Mahomes obviously ends in glory. So it really is this like behind the curtain look, which is kind of like ext- extremely unique to, to, for these players to, to commit to that. So again, no surprise whatsoever about Lamar, but look at what Kirk Cousins did. And it seems as if this is a universally agreed type of thing on Twitter. He has ingratiated himself to the football world by how likable he and his wife and his kids and their lifestyle and their faith and, and everything that, that he is as a man, he's ingratiated himself and he's relatable. And I think folks have really, I don't know why they ever disliked him in to begin with, but you know, people run with narratives. We know that Lamar knows that. And so part of me wonders, wow, like, could there be an advantage to Lamar doing this? Ultimately he's focused on the bigger picture and quarterback has nothing to do with chasing titles. So I get it. I respect it, but man, there are definitely some advantages and benefits to doing it from a PR standpoint. Oh, oh, absolutely. And you can do both at the same time time. I mean, Patrick Mahomes did it and he won the Super Bowl. So it, it's it's it, so hard. So Lamar says he's focused on football and I believe he is, but you can do both. But he's, he, that's not why he's doing it. Like he doesn't want anybody in his life. Are you kidding me? The, the most private guy uh, in the business. So anyway, shifting gears just to give so, um, some injury updates, which, you know, is mostly good news. So heading into Monday. The Ravens had 100% attendance for those that were eligible to be in attendance. So that means Zay Flowers returned to practice. He's had a stomach illness the last two days. And then cornerback Pepe Williams, he returned and he was on the PUP. So that meant only six guys missed the full practice. You know who they are. Three guys on PUP, Dobbins, Ricard, and Bateman. And then the three guys on NFI are Voorhees, Bowser, and Moore. We're never going to see Voorhees or Moore this season. So um, now there was an injury in the middle of practice with about 20 or 30 minutes remaining. Safety Geno Stone, he ended up limping off the field with a trainer, but he did do it upon his own power. Um, Afterwards, John Harbaugh was asked a bit. Harbaugh said, you know, it doesn't look too serious, but they got to look into it. Jeff Zrebeck from The Athletic, he agreed um, he didn't think it was too serious. And then on top of it, he was asked on uh, Twitter X and uh, somebody asked him, like, when do you expect some of these guys to be back? And um, Jeff said that he thinks Ricard, Bateman and Bowser 
all have a chance to return within the next two weeks or so. And he said, but that's speculation on his part. He didn't say that that was what he was told. That's his speculation. And of course, he says he has no idea when Dobbins will be practicing. So, but Bobby, with the return of Pepe Williams, which is an important one here, let's let's just show. Um, as they do so uh, he's, he's going back a second time for some of these kids so this brings up uh, you know the ravens have gone the route that they're going to go ahead and bet on a plethora of young cornerbacks that they have inside the building already pepe is a big part of that competition the other guy that's a big part of that competition is this is his draft mate Jalen Armour Davis, who also got drafted last year uh, in the same draft as Pepe Williams. Jeff Jeff Strebeck again in his column, he did you know a stock up, stock down after one week. Here's what he had to say about Jalen Armour Davis, whose stock is up. He said the second year cornerback had his hands on two potential interceptions, but was unable to secure them. Still, he's been in good position more often than not. The biggest takeaway is he looks healthy and has been a full participant in all the practices to this point. That wasn't the case for much of his rookie season, which ended early because of a hip injury. With Pepe Williams still working, no, now Pepe's back, but he said with Pepe on his way back and Trayvon Mullen sidelined with a toe foot injury, Armour Davis has taken the lead among the young corners in pushing for a bigger role. So that's kind of what they're doing, Bobby, is they're just, they're just letting these guys figure it out. And my feeling is, is if it's more of a slot guy that wins it, that's fine because they're just going to take their top three cornerbacks. But if it's Jalen Armour Davis that wins it, who's probably, you know, like Jeff said, his stock is up, then you put um, Marlon Humphrey on the inside. So they got a lot of options. They got Mollett, who's come in from Pittsburgh. They got a lot of options. Stevens, Stevens is in the mix. They just got to figure out who the top three are. And I was listening to Garrett Downey. He thinks that Stevens is one of those top three and that he would be the slot guy with with uh, Rocky Asin and uh, Marlon Humphrey on the outside. But there's a lot of football yet to be played to see who's going to win that number three spot. And whoever doesn't, just stay ready. <laughs> Knock on wood. Yeah. Just ready because your number is probably going to be called at some point throughout the you know 17 game 18 week season let's shift gears to Patrick Queen gearing up for the final year of his rookie deal we know that his fifth year option was declined back on May 1st we know that Roquan Smith is uh, going to be beside him as his counterpart for the first full season together both those guys believe that they are the best linebacker duo off-ball linebacker duo in the entire nfl and pq thinks that he hasn't even gotten anywhere close to what his ceiling could be in the nfl yeah, i definitely haven't even got close to the service of the players I, I could be in everybody around here knows it uh i think people around the league know it and that's why i'm out here just trying to get better trying to compete uh trying to just master my craft and uh i think when i do that i think the whole league gonna be on notice he and roquan no shortage of confidence there and harbs on PQ. Well, I, I mean, I, I think the sky's the limit for Patrick. I, my expectations for Patrick are to have a stellar season. You know, I, and it's, it's only been affirmed by the way he's practiced, the way he's carried himself, you know, and he's in that he's in a contract year and all that kind of stuff. You know, sometimes sometimes guys get distracted, and he has not been distracted at all. He is locked in, 
on the mission ahead. And you appreciate that, and it's showing up in the way he's playing every day. That's all he can do. Like we've talked about a number of times this offseason, that's all he and J.K. can do. We'll get to J.K. in a second. Well, I'll, I'll lead into that right now. So I, I've seen a lot of maturity coming from, from PQ, and he was actually asked on Monday, like, have you talked with J.K.? Because they've both been in similar circumstances, but obviously different, similar in that they both wanted to either get paid or in PQ's case, didn't want to see somebody drafted or wanted to have his fifth year and PQ's put that behind him. So, you know, he was asked like, have you and JK talked? And PQ said, quote, I know JK's faith is strong. We both trust in God to lead us in the right direction, wherever that direction may be. It's totally different right now. His situation is different than mine. JK has been hurt before. I think he's seen how scary that side can be. So I think he has his own perspective on things and I've got my own close quote. So I, I think that's really well said. PQ is obviously alluding to the fact that, you know, JK doesn't want to come back until he's more financially secure, given his injury history, which is understandable. And clearly JK is holding out for more money, although neither him or the Ravens have officially said that. So good old buddy, Melvin Gordon, Bobby, he's speaking with the Baltimore banner and he basically confirms it, even though we already know it. He tells the Baltimore banner, quote, I didn't even know JK was sitting out, but he is sitting out. They're not, they're not even making it a big headline of it, unless you're in Indy, I guess. And they got their other players sitting out. I didn't even know JK was sitting out until I got here, close quote. So uh, Gordon certainly confirmed what we were already what we were already believing was happening. But Melvin Gordon, I've noticed I've listened to a few interviews. He's not afraid to talk. <laughs> oh my gosh, not at all. He even said we mentioned it a couple, you know, last week. I think he went on with Kay Adams and essentially said if he had to do it all over again, he wouldn't even play running back given what's going on right now. So yeah, yeah he hasn't minced words whatsoever. Melvin, I, I would imagine he's got to be wondering how intense this might go. What he what he suggested there or alluded to about Indy is Jonathan Taylor is mm -hmm. in a, a quite a predicament, so much so that after speaking with Jim Irsay and there being reports back and forth, he went as far as to request a trade. So you just don't know where things could go between Dobbins and the Ravens. But for right now, like you said, they haven't addressed it publicly as a holdout, but things are clearly moving in the direction where you feel like this is just getting going. You hope not, but it's hard to feel like it's not at this point. Yeah, I think he's still going to play week one, but I could be wrong. Meanwhile, Lamar Jackson, he was on with the NFL Network and he discussed what Dobbins means to the offense. Well, he means a lot to our offense, man. He, he, he's one of the guys that sparks the offense, get us going. Uh, you know, we having a slow start sometimes. He get the ball and make magic happen. So um, I just can't wait, to him, can't wait for him to get back out there on the field with us. I'm pretty sure J.K. talked him up during his negotiation process. So Lamar returning the favor for his guy <laughs> in the backfield. Not that I don't know how much that'll help, but, but we'll see. And we all know that about J.K. When healthy, the guy averages six yards a carry. He's the bell cow. He wants to, he wants to be fed at all times. He's a competitive fire. He, he's got a chip on his shoulder. The guy can catch it, it's, whether it's in the screen game or down the field. I mean, he's so versatile. So nobody's arguing his value to the team. It's just a matter of, unfortunately, where the business side of things is, his injury history, and, you know, the Ravens having to make a, a really tough decision. You know, well, the Ravens, for now, holding their ground, what they feel is probably 
a sturdier ground than what he has to stand on at this point uh, through his first few years in the NFL. I think I agree with Lamar. I think I think Dobbins is huge to the offense. Uh, it did hurt that Gus was also out, so at least he's he's out there and practicing last year. But I think he's huge to the offense, um, and I'd like to see him back. And and like I said, I I, I think he will be. I I just don't see how how he can make money if he if he doesn't come back. So we shall see. All right, just a couple quick hits here. <laughs> this one's cracking me up. Uh, quick hit here some some audio compiled kind of separately of Lamar and Odell Beckham Jr. both learning some of the the Baltimore lingo which you know I wasn't originally from Baltimore either so this was news to me coming into it you got the Baltimore accent yet huh can you follow up like two cats from Baltimore to talk um yeah sometimes but they got their own slang like you said yeah. they be saying stuff like dummy like they basically saying what's up to you yeah, yeah. No. Really? I'm, I'm thinking I, 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 I took I took it as an insult the first time yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, dummy I'm like what he just said to me oh, the, the, hey, the Baltimore Ravens stop right here you say what's up dummy what's up dummy yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that first one was obviously LJ the second one is somebody at camp asking uh OBJ to say it back in he played right along. So <laughs> I, I didn't even, uh, maybe we need a Baltimore person. Where does that come from? Where does that come from? That's basically what's up. You know, I, I don't know. Neither one of us are originally from Baltimore. So we need to be educated a little bit here, Bobby. Apparently. Um, and then, yeah. I can't steer in the right direction. <laughs> <laughs> and then just finally, just the last quick hit here. Uh, I mentioned Joe Burrow with, with Netflix. Um, we we do, we do want to keep updated on on his injury situation obviously that's a big deal in the in the AFC North uh, fight every single year so he was seen in the Bengals locker room during media access period and uh Paul Denner Jr he's also of the, of the athletic he saw him in there and he said that Burrow walked normally and that he was wearing a compression sleeve on that right calf that's official the official word is that he's got a strained right calf and so still sounds like Burrow's going to miss most, if not all of training camp, but there seems to be a lot of hope that he will return in time for the season opener. Again, the Ravens play him week two. I prefer him to be out there. I want a rematch. People have been talking about, oh, the Bengals have been beating the Ravens that has been without Lamar Jackson. I want Lamar versus Burrow. Nobody gets excuses. I want to go head to head. So hopefully Burrow is back. A thousand percent. Wish the best for him. The non-contact stuff is so dicey. So seeing that, the way he pulled up, the way he was carted off, you're thinking the worst. To walk away with a strain is, God bless him, you know, because we've seen it go the other way. And he's seen it go the other way earlier on in his career. With that, we wanted to shout out, as always, two of our returning patrons who are supporting our channel, everything we're doing, audio-based, everything inside the vault uh, through Patreon this month. So shout out James Wiley and D Black. We appreciate you both for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. And if you are interested in doing the same out there, you can do so by checking out what we're offering on Patreon by visiting patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast. All of that can be found in the description of this episode below. And just wanted to say thanks. I'm coming off a kind of a, a crazy weekend with birthday festivities. Sarah, you being in town prior to that, the response and the reaction and uh, the outreach that we got for our first in-person meeting was super rewarding. I hope we do it again at some point during the season and just wanted to say thanks. Definitely felt the love this weekend. It was awesome to meet 
Gardner as well. Uh, it really seemed like you guys had a blast in Baltimore and uh, can't wait to kind of get this thing going again. It really feels like, you know, it's today's August 1st, so things are moving. And uh, I feel that like uptick in, in adrenaline. So let's get it. Let's get it. Yeah, and it's, I like it because both of us went to a Yankees game. I was there Friday. You were there Sunday. We brought the energy for some wins there. I like it. You went to the sick one, too. That was awesome. The Santander literally, like, golfed that thing out of the ballpark. And it was uh, they, they, a, a record for attendance over the three days. Not all time, but for the first time since, I think, 2017, if I'm not mistaken, or 2016. Wow. It, it had been many years since the Orioles had that many people coming to the ballpark. And sure, I get it. Like, New York travels really well, but they don't travel well if there's not a good product on the field. And the Orioles have been all that and more. Let's see if they do anything with the trade deadline coming up. With that, for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this Tuesday morning vault edition. We will be back on Wednesday. We'll talk to you then. Bye.